0: the perfect time to start planning a special getaway. And I say, bring along one of your favorite people when you set off on your adventure. Now, I recently did just that and invited Nicole along with me. Now, for those of you who have been longtime listeners to the show, you know who Nicole is. When I say Nicole, I'm talking about the creative producer of Travel with Anita. And through the years, she has been responsible for many of the informational and entertaining shows that we have shared with you. And she's here today. So, Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello, hello. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you back here with me.
1: This It was time. It was long overdue.
0: It's definitely long overdue, and we have such an exciting trip that we recently set sail on Holland America that we want to share with them, and I couldn't resist also, too, talking about the thing that we talked about before here on Travel with Anita, and that's a little bit of comparing old school versus new school ways of traveling, and we were really setting out, Nicole, to try and discover if there really is a difference or not, or maybe maybe it's just in our heads. (laughs) I know. I'm always so
1: curious about that. I'm like, is is there a difference in the generations and like what makes each one sort of tick or get excited? Um, I'm always so curious. I'm like, is it generational or is it the individual person? I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean we we set out to to discover that so that's what we'll talk about as we talk about our experience in Holland America because we definitely need to start there but I have to ask you though in thinking about this whole comparison thing because I know I bring it up a lot what do you think when I asked you to join me for this old school new school travel adventure
1: well i'm I'm always excited whenever you bring these up well one. Especially in this situation, I, I was just excited because uh, not only do I love cruising and exploring, but I also love you. So I was like, "Oh, this is so great! I, I'm actually free and I can go go on a trip this time. This is great." So truly, I was just uh, initially excited about the fact that we'd get um, to have like over a week together to just hang out and explore. That was my my first thought. So I was like, "If old school, new school means I get to hang out with Anita." sign me up. And then then I realized, I think as, as we started preparing more and I started packing, it was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be lots of old school, new school. I didn't even think about all the other passengers on the boat and how there'd probably be a big age divide on the boat and how I might be a lot younger than everyone and what that might mean. And also that this was um, a, a cruise in a different area than I was used to. It's not a Caribbean party cruise. It's, you know, it's more about the culture and the, and the food and all those things. So it was just an exciting premise to, to dive into.
0: You know, it it is a little different when you are going to be one of the few, because there were a couple, a handful of other people on there that were the, the new school, I'm doing the air quotes here, the new school folks that were on board there. It was it's all good. I mean, anytime we can talk about, you know, some of those differences and come back and share it, I think it's a good thing. And you're right. I mean, we were doing a cruise where we headed off from Boston and up to New England, up to Maine, to Bar Harbor, and then on to Canada. So it was a different um, a different cruise than, than what you had done in the past before going to the Caribbean.
1: Yes, I, I love that. Were, were you um were you expecting anything with this one when you when you mentioned this one for us to do together? Were there any initial thoughts? We were like, okay, I cruising with a millennial. Let's see how this goes.
0: <laughs> well, I will say that I was also looking forward to spending the time with you because it had been quite some time since we travel away together. I mean, you've been home and I've been out to Los Angeles. So this was going to be a great experience for us to just go off somewhere. To neutral ground, not your home, not my home, but off to neutral ground. So I think I was just looking forward to the time together. But now let's talk a little bit about Holland America because people know, at least they should know, especially if you've listened to the show, you know that Holland America is one of my favorite cruise lines and I'm always ready to hop on board and set sail. And we were on the new Staten Dam, which is one of their newest ships. And I was on the christening of this ship back in 2019 When Oprah Winfrey christened the ship and she became the godmother of the ship as well. So, what did you think about the ship? Did you have any favorite areas or did you kind of think about it in any kind of way in particular?
1: Yes, I, I loved this ship, and it was interesting. the The first day that we were sitting on board, I was trying to to think of what it reminded me of, and it hit me. It reminds me of being in one of the really nice, sort of like upscale casinos in Vegas. <laughs> it, it had that same kind of energy where it's like you know you're you're in your own little island, your own little escape, basically. Um, And everything is like catered to be really, really beautiful and to meet any, any sort of like desire or need you have, it's like all right there for you. And it's all beautiful. And. Spot that you sort of walk to next is just as interesting or more interesting than the last part of the boat that you just walked through. So I, I think for me that's really how I felt being on board. And there's so I know we're going to talk more about it as we go, but there were so many great areas, especially like the, the walking decks and like the upper deck or the back deck where you can just look out across yeah. the water. And what was great about this one, since we did dock in so many different ports, you can like see, see as we're like pulling into the port or leaving the port, like that kind of stuff, which is really, really nice to get a, a view of each city from the water
0: exactly and we talked to the captain a little later in the show and you can definitely definitely hear from our conversation with him some of the things that we talked about there when we come into port so we'll save that for a little bit later but you know we had one of those uh state rooms that has a balcony so that was pretty cool too
1: That was very cool. I've never, for the other cruises I've been on, I've never been in a room that actually has a balcony on it. You could go outside and it was a sizable balcony too, which was was very, very neat and a unique feature, I think, for our our room.
0: Yeah, I think we enjoyed that during selling, when we were in port, Early in the morning, we even tried to capture a little bird that got caught there on our balcony too. I so
1: wanted to save it. I was so worried. <laughs> I was like, "How can we rescue this bird?"
0: I know we had a little wildlife experience there too. There were some things too that we really both enjoyed, like billboard onboard lounge. You know, it was really great. The royal stage, which is where they have a lot of their shows. Those, yeah, are great. I,
1: those are those are great. Like in the billboard on board was interesting because there was a piano there, two pianos and kind of like a seating area built right up to the piano so you could sit there and have your drinks and be right there with the performers. That was a very unique feature. And then the world stage was built kind of like a semicircle form. So the seats almost kind of almost fully wrapped around the stage, which was very cool. So there wasn't a, a bad seat in the house. Anywhere you sat was phenomenal.
0: You're right about that. You know, you can just sit anywhere, enjoy it, feel like you're part of the show wherever you were sitting. Now the casino. We walked through the casino. We didn't. We didn't um, gamble any any money.
1: Yeah, the casino looked amazing. I'm always, uh, I'm, I'm a terrible gambler. I'm like, I don't want to give the house my money, which, which is what will happen if I try to gamble. Just be giving, giving the money away. But um, it definitely seemed like it was always lively and really well laid out too. So a really nice feature for anyone who who is looking for that experience on board too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, you can have those experiences on board Holland America. And this year, well, not this year, but next year, they're going to be celebrating their 150th year of selling and the good thing is, is that here's a little tip. Right, right now you can go online, enter the Sweet States for a chance to help celebrate their 150th year. So go online to HollandAmerica.com and sign up with, with the Sweet States, and maybe you will get a chance to see the world on Holland America because they leave from several ports here in the U.S. from Vancouver, from Seattle, San Diego, Fort Lauderdale, Boston, where we live from. So you can go anywhere in the world, South Pacific, South America the Caribbean, Europe, anywhere you'd like to go. Now, Nicole, we need to stop here, take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things that we did on board that big ship selling selling around Canada and New England. So back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Today's show is brought to you by the Sapelo Island Birdhouses, luxury vacation rental cottages located on beautiful Sapelo Island, Georgia. Check out their website at Birdhouses. Are you ready to set sail on the deep blue sea? Well, I've got the perfect cruise line for you and that's Holland America welcome back to travel with Anita and friends and I have sitting in with me today Nicole and she's back on with me it's been a while but she's back and we're talking about old school new school travel and a trip that we recently took on Holland America so Nicole welcome back to the show Thank you. So excited to be here. I know. And talking about our great trip, yeah, we tried to do the comparing of old school, new school, and I think we we found a couple of things. And I think other people who are considering traveling with family, maybe multi generational, they're gonna have a good time on on Holland America as well.
1: Yeah, there's something for everybody. There's a lot happening on the boat, and a lot of interesting uh, different excursions in each port city. So. Lots of options for the whole family.
0: Now, Holland America is really known for, you know, taking you anywhere you want to go in the rural. As I mentioned on the last segment, I talked a little bit about some of the the places that you can go everywhere from the Caribbean to the South Pacific, South America, Europe, really the whole world. And Holland America is really known for Alaska, which is the great place to go. I mean, that's top of, I think, everybody's list wanting to go to Alaska.
1: I would love to go to Alaska. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> I have a friend who did an Alaskan cruise once. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I, I wouldn't even think that you could cruise up there. But like, isn't there ice in the water? Like, what <laughs> how do you what do you do? But I think that's that's awesome. That that would be on my list is the next one to do.
0: Yeah, and that's that's kind of part of it. I mean, so that's that's definitely something to to put on the top of your list. But now our selling was great too. I mean, our routing was really good. Do you have any favorite spots along the way? Yes, like I, I was just super excited to know, I
1: guess the cruising can work this way. Like I'm so used to doing a cruise like to a specific place. So we're cruising for several days, get to our destination, we're there for a day and then come back. But this was really interesting because it was five stops, which inc- covered about six cities, including Boston, where we left from, mm-hmm. and over about seven days of time. So it's, for me, that was really a really cool experience. And I think my favorite um, might actually have to be Bar Harbor, Maine. I really liked Bar Harbor a lot. And I also really liked um, the Charlottetown Prince Edward Island, where the Anne of Green Gables tour was. Like that was wonderful. And I could just imagine staying there for hours or days, just walk- walking the trails through the forest of her family um, compound.
0: Where well, I agree with you. I mean, there's just something really, really beautiful about Prince Edward Island. I see why people love it and why it's top of the list for people wanting to go there. And Halifax was a favorite of mine too. We took that uh, bus ride all the way out to Peggy's Cove, and really learned a lot about, you know, that area. The little fishing villages there, the history behind it. Then we also took a tour where we went to the cemetery where some of the people from the Titanic are buried. I mean, that was a very emotional thing to do, but. Really Really very interesting to see it and hear the story of how the people there, you know, came together to, you know, to help. Wow. I mean, just, you know, going to Quebec, we walked all around Quebec City. That was really fascinating to a lot, a lot of history there as well
1: so much interesting history and I was fascinated to know how the city's laid out that there's like the old town which is sort of like down closer to the water and then you have to kind of go up on top of like a big um hill or like mountain mystery what what exactly we have to go up (laughs) to get to the newer parts of the city which is really interesting layout and really cool architecture and you could tell everyone's so proud of their city there so it's really nice to kind of go there and feel that pride and, and learn some of the history.
0: Exactly. There are all kinds of things to do when you go on these excursions. Yeah. And, you know, going around Quebec was really nice. So we actually had high tea there at the Fairmont Frontenac. That was quite an experience.
1: I was really excited about that because that, for me, was something that it feels like that it's highlighted a lot if you read about Quebec and things to do in the city is going to that hotel and experiencing that tea. So it was really cool that Holland America had set that up as part of an excursion where you get to tour around the whole city, the old city and new city, and also go to that hotel for that experience.
0: Exactly. I wanted to do it. I've been to Quebec before and did not have a chance to do it. So I was always looking over at the hotel, longing for that opportunity (laughs) to go in there and have the high tea. We had a chance to do that. We had a great table right by the window so we could see the roar go by as we were sitting having our tea, our delicious tea. So I definitely do Two or three, four or five thumbs up for you want to check on making sure that you get that as one of your excursions when you're cruising uh, on Holland America to Quebec. Again, we were looking at some of those old school, new school kind of things. Was there something that you felt maybe you wanted to do, but you had to kind of pull me along? (laughs) Was there anything No, actually. I think that
1: that's probably one of the things where we were similar. Maybe sometimes you were pulling me along. <laughs> I don't know. I think one of the big differences is maybe um, the the hours of the day. Like I felt very much like, ooh, I can sleep in a little bit and then I'll be up all day, all night, ready to go. Where I think for you, you're like, sun is up. Let's <laughs> let's get out there. Let's go. So I think that might be the only thing, but I I was excited um, to see that we both have a love of really getting to experience everything and we didn't want to let any type of experience go by without doing it. And I don't know, is that is that a family trait? What is that?
0: Yeah, well, you know, that's interesting because I think one of the things that we both talked about a little bit on board was that are there really any big differences? Certainly there'll be a few differences, you know, just because of the, the age difference and the energy level. But is it more really about the things that might be more, family things or things that you grew up doing similar because you are from the same family. So you wouldn't really see a lot of differences there uh, in terms of what what things you want to do and explore and experience.
1: Yeah. I think maybe some of the bigger differences maybe, and maybe this is my millennial side coming out. It's like the feeling that there has to be an app for that. <laughs> you know, yeah. if there was anything that like wasn't moving quickly enough or, you know, not wanting to stand in a line. Or for example um, the excursions are amazing and they do everything to like prep you and get you together in a group. And then the group goes out where I think for me, I'm like, Oh, I can just call, we'll get off the boat. I'll call an Uber. We'll be over there in 10 minutes. you know, like go, 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 go in that sense. Or, you know, if there was something organized a certain way, I'm like, well, there must be an app I can download that will help me get through X, Y and Z faster. And I think for you, correct me if I'm wrong, I think for you, it's more like, oh, th- this is how the plan is set up. I'm like, let's just follow the it. plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that was definitely the the biggest difference is that. I think for you, you wanted to rely on more of the digital side of things, or you know, a way to kind of maybe synchronize things a little bit more by using apps or by using uh, uh, something else. Where I was like, okay, we can just go with the flow. <laughs> they have an already plan for us. We just do what we do what they tell us to do. <laughs> it was like never. <laughs> There's a little bit of difference there. But I agree with you, though. I mean, some of the things like with the lines, because there were some uh, long lines, and I think we both kind of felt that, you know, when we looked around at the age group of the people there, you know, we were wanting to see if there was some other way that maybe, you know, things could be a little bit more comfortable for some of the people.
1: Yeah, I think that was uh, probably my biggest concern and maybe only kind of real critique for the process is just making sure that yeah the people anyone who might be um have challenges to their mobility or who are who are older or even people with like young children things like that that there are are ways for them to maybe move a little bit more efficiently through some of the like gateway points like getting on and off the boat or or trying to get between things on the boat things like that yeah
0: Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. Uh, So my advice would be to, you know, people who maybe have a limited mobility or or have um, some challenges of things like that, or like you said, two families with strollers and things like that is to, you know, to come prepared that there are times when you may have to stand for a while, or you may have to, you know, walk or stand in line for a little bit of time. That part of that is kind of, um, you know, the experience of getting on and off of a big ship where you have a lot of people to, you know, to move and to, you know, to get coordinated. Uh, so do keep that in mind. So comfortable shoes, uh, if you are limited with your walking, maybe uh, something to assist you with walking, or maybe even a wheelchair. If you um, do travel with a wheelchair, make sure you are bringing that with you on the cruise. We'll stop here, take a break, and be back in a few minutes. You we'll know, travel with Anita and friends. is all about fun activities and I'm here with Nicole to tell you all about cruising on Holland America. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Talk a little bit too about some of the other fun things that we did on board. We mentioned a little bit the billboard on board. Uh, We did mention that so that was one of I think our favorite things to do.
1: Yeah, that was fantastic. The the entertainers there, two pianists, uh, would play every night and would do multiple shows a night. I thought that was something interesting to know and keep in mind in any of the lounges and any of the performances. A lot of times they'll do more than one performance each night so that you can kind of tailor the way you want your evening to go once you're back on the boat. Um, but they were f- phenomenal. <laughs> and then they oh, they phenomenal. could take any requests that you wanted <laughs> and they pull it up quickly and they never played it together. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) before anything like that and they're playing it and singing and just like how how are you doing this (laughs) very impressive (laughs) yeah
0: it was really, it was very thrilling to be right in one of those seats too. That was right by the piano, so you want to go early so you can get one of those seats one of those nights. But you bring up another good point too, you know, about the two shows because you also want to think about your dinner times as well and the shows, not only just the billboard on board, but any of the other shows as well. You know that you want to coordinate that so that you have your dinner and the shows uh, at a time so you can get everything in. Now, we also, too, went to the B.B. King, you know, the blues um, sessions as well, too. We live band there, great singers, great performers there as well.
1: Oh, they were so, so talented as well. They could also just take any requests from the crowd, and all of a sudden the band is is doing their thing and putting it together, and the singers, you could tell they had a great rapport with each other and could just um, harmonize perfectly. But they were super talented, and it was nice to have a different energy between the different areas where the different groups are performing, you have uh, like a rock and roll lounge and there's the pianos and then this Mm -hmm. with the, with the blues. So it's a really nice uh, way to kind of pick what your interest is and and go to that
0: area. Exactly. Exactly. And then you still have, you know, movies in your room and TV and all those things too, that you can do. Or just, you know, sitting out on that balcony again because you and I definitely took full advantage of that for sure. To talk about, all of the great food on board. I mean, there were so many options. You do not go hungry. And I think that that's one of the things that draws people (laughs) to cruising is that you have a chance to really enjoy some good food on board. (laughs) Did you have a favorite? Um. Oh, that's so tough. Um. I did. I'd
1: probably say Tamarind was one of my favorites. And at Tamarind, it was just such a great experience. Cause there's a sushi bar there, and they also had uh, different types of Thai dishes. So my um my like Thai curry soup that I had, I you could tell they put their own kind of spin on it too, which was really really great. Mm-hmm. What about you? What was your favorite?
0: Oh, it's hard. I almost want to say my favorite was all of them. <laughs> yes. but I know I need to choose one, maybe the pinnacle grill, because uh, that bacon. I was going to say it's the bacon. Yeah, <laughs> That bacon on, on sort of on a, on a rack that it comes out and it's just you have the savory and you have the sweet there. Really good. Mm-hmm. They come out dangling on a little almost like a clothing line for right? bacon. <laughs> Can't beat that presentation. It was so good. So good. But I also, you know, really enjoyed all of the other ones. Rudy, Seldomar, uh, which is the seafood. I mean, we had that great seafood tower there. I know it looked incredible to you because um, you have the allergies there with the with the shellfish. I was
1: so sad not to be able to eat it, <laughs> but I was very happy to to watch everyone else enjoying their beautiful seafood tower. And I will say that I, I was really impressed by that on, on the ship. With every restaurant we went to, they were so, so attentive about allergies, which is really great because uh, as anyone with severe allergies knows, like it's, it's kind of scary to go out and eat and see something on a menu that you're allergic to. So to know that they took it seriously and that's the first thing that they ask before they take your order anyone at the table with any allergies and that those notes went straight to the kitchen to the chef so that they're keeping you and your safety in mind
0: yeah and then there was kind of too that um i guess you don't have to worry as much maybe there like with the seafood restaurant because that was an italian restaurant and we had some delicious lasagna there
1: mm-hmm, we even went back for more for for takeout on another night takeout by the way it's not common on a (laughs) ship we learned but they will accommodate you because again (laughs) your wish is their uh command they're excited to help you realize whatever your dreams may be so they um fashioned a very a very cool uh to-go display for us made of different dishes, (laughs) Uh, different like actual dishware versus um, your usual to-go boxes.
0: Tamron, Pinnacle Pinnacle Grill, Canaletto and Rudy Seldomar, those are extra. So if you are wanting to try some of those, maybe a special occasion, or you just want to have a special dinner, those are a little bit extra and not included in your in your cruise fare. But there are some other restaurants where you can just eat as much as you want to. And we have to start with my favorite, Nicole, the New York pizza.
1: <laughs> I know, you we were so excited about it. I, I, I remember you saying that that's the pizza that you dream about when you think about pizza. <laughs> in any is. other moment in your life, you're thinking about Holland America Cruise Line. <laughs> <laughs> New York pizza.
0: <laughs> yes, I love the pepperoni with arugula on it. Hey, I can just eat that. I want some now, as a, as a matter of fact. Now we're talking about it. But there's also the dive-in where you can get a good burger, some really good french fries. Yes,
1: I, I loved my burger that I had from there. And um, it was just so nice. You can order from there and sit around the pool and eat. They have like little cabana areas and tables around the pool. Um, so you're looking out at the at the ocean while looking down at the pool. And you know, you're cruising along. It's a great experience there, too.
0: Oh, yeah. It was really nice to have our meals in those areas because you can just sit there and watch the whole world go by. And then also, too, of course, the dining room. You have that there where everything is served, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The dining room was legit,
1: <laughs> for lack of a better way to say it. It was very, such a great selection, really wide variety across all the different stations. And um, and it was open what felt like all the time. I, I know that they had down hours, but it was really nice because almost any time that you were hungry and eating something, you could probably go to the dining hall and get it. And they had a delicious Caesar salad that I know we were obsessed with and <laughs> desserts. And oh my goodness, the breakfast spread in the morning. I, I'm a night owl instead of a morning person. And the one morning we made it to the actual breakfast buffet. I was like, oh my goodness, this is what we've been missing. Oh miss my it. goodness. I'll get up at 8 a.m. every day. Forget <laughs>
0: So there's a tip right there, uh, an insider tip. Definitely, definitely make sure you do not oversleep the breakfast because you're right. I mean, it is quite the spread. But now there is room service. One of the things still now with cruising, you know, people do ask about things like, health and safety on board and COVID regulations and things like that. And things are changing. So it's really important to talk with the cruise line and also to talk with your travel advisor, if you're working with one, about what the protocols are because they are changing quite a bit. Now, when we sailed, we did still have to have a negative COVID test in order to board uh, the cruise.
1: Yes, yes. And and for myself, I I got the next booster shot before I went, just because that's something that was important to me. And so that's always something to consider before you're going on a trip like this, if, if that's something that could help you. And, um, I also just keeping in mind that you are going to be in spaces with a lot of people. So just kind of thinking about um, if that affects the type of excursion you want to do, if you know you're going to be on a bus with a, a lot of people, you know, um, some of the masking regulations are always changing and shifting around. So it's just good to to make sure you're aware of, what, of what's happening um, on the particular boat that you're going on.
0: Exactly. That's a really good point that you bring up there. You know, the excursions and things like that, you know, just think about how you would feel most comfortable. I always say that there are a lot of hard surfaces that we touch when we travel and certainly on board cruises is no different. You know, the hand railings uh, that you're going up and down, doorknobs, things like that, countertops. So definitely bring along, you know, some of the sanitizing, uh, whatever your favorite one is so that you can get to your hands throughout the day as well to keep yourself healthy and keep yourself safe. So, Nicole, let's stop here. We need to take another break. But when we come back, let's talk a little bit before we bring the the captain in, because we did have a good time, you know, talking with him as well. So we'll be back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Today's show is brought to you by the Sapelo Island Birdhouses Luxury Vacation Rental Colleges. Check out their website, sapeloislandbirdhouses.com. to sit down and talk with the captain of one of those big cruise ships? Well I had a chance to do that. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. I'm here with Nicole and Nicole and I were sailing on Holland America. We had a chance to sit down and talk with Captain Eric Barhorst who was our captain on board the new Stotten Dam. And Nicole it was great to kind of get the inside view sitting with him and his officer on board the ship too. To jump back into our conversation that we had with Captain Eric on board Holland America's new Staten Dam. So what does it take to become a captain of a ship?
2: So it's a long story, I guess, I'll try and keep it short. Um, so from when I was a young boy, uh, I grew up in the Netherlands on the southwest coast. and From a young age, I was always into small boat, dinghy sailing and uh, we're living by the river to the port of Antwerp and saw these big ships pass by. <laughs> and from when I was about 10, I figured that's what I want to do when I grow up. I want to drive one of those big boats. So when I graduated from college, I went to the Maritime Academy in the Netherlands, in Vlissingen, and I did my degree in engineering and navigation, marine engineering. And then when I graduated, I uh, did my apprenticeship with Holland America Line and started as a junior officer back in uh, 1999 and worked my way up through the ranks over the years. was finally promoted to captain about uh, five years ago on board uh, Eurodam.
0: Is the training necessary in order to get on board and work as a cadet or as a, as a crew member?
2: Yeah, so the officers on the bridge, they all have gone through the Maritime Academy um, and then you start as a junior officer, but you have already completed four years at the Academy by that point. Uh, get your license to drive one of these big boats and then you have to gain the uh, sea time and the experience uh, To work your way up through the ranks over the years.
1: Oh, very cool. Can you tell us a little bit more um, About the crew on the bridge? Cause I love how you're saying you work your way up to being a captain mm-hmm. So what are some of those levels? Especially for anyone listening who might be excited to try and sure, in yeah. your footsteps
2: <laughs> So we have a total of a team of about 10 Uh, officers on the bridge and they are in a watch rotation so 24 7 obviously there's someone on the bridge so there's always two officers on watch Uh, there's always a second officer who is the senior officer and a third officer who's the junior officer and they rotate 24 7 Uh, so we have a couple of second officers in the team and we have a couple of third officers in the team then on top of that we have uh, two safety officers uh, that are in charge of all the. uh, uh, the maintenance of the ship, the safety systems, uh, all the training of all the crew, the safety training. And we have a staff captain who is my second in command, uh, who is uh, responsible for the whole nautical department. He runs the, uh, the navigation, but also security, and the medical department, and the maintenance of the ship. Um, so you have to go through all those steps before you finally <laughs> are, uh, are a captain in the end.
0: I've always
1: been curious, why is it, why is it called the bridge? What does the bridge
2: mean? And it is from when uh, we still used paddle steamers with the big paddle wheels on the back. Mm. And um, to be able to see properly, they had to build a bridge, a walkway between the two paddle houses that the engineers used for their machinery. Uh, So that bridge was so that the captain had a clear, unobstructed view over the top. And that uh, that word kind of remained. And we still call it the bridge nowadays, even though we don't have paddle wheels anymore, obviously.
0: So there, there are no wheels you know because when you think of a ship you think of like that big wheel yeah, you see yeah. the captain you know kind of you know guiding the ship with the big wheel so that's not there anymore
2: we still have a we still have a steering wheel but it's kind of disappointingly small if you think about <laughs> one of those big wooden steering wheels uh-huh. probably about the size of a sports car our wheel when the ship is at sea we're normally in one of our autopilot systems just like a modern airplane is also flown mostly in autopilot Only when we go in and out of port or when we have to make big course alterations, we can go into manual steering, then we do use a manual steering wheel still.
0: Oh yeah, Nicole and I were kind of talking about that. We see these big ships and we see these ports, so are there some ports that are like easy to navigate into, some that are more difficult, so tell us a little bit about that because a big ship getting into some of these little ports might be challenging, but maybe not.
2: It can be, of course, uh, the bigger the ship and the smaller the port, the more challenging it becomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even the, uh, at first glance, most simple port can be difficult depending on the weather. Uh, the wind and the current have a big influence on maneuvering the ship. So even if it looks like it's just a straight line into a port, uh, if you add a lot of wind or a lot of current, all of a sudden it, it can be a difficult maneuver. So it's not necessarily just the size of the port or the size of the ship. It's also the external conditions that make it more challenging or not.
1: Do you have a favorite port or favorite city you like going to?
2: That's a difficult question. <laughs> There's lots of uh, beautiful places around the world, of <laughs> course. Um, I think one of my favorite itineraries to do is uh, Australia New Zealand. I did that a number of years uh, from Sydney, Australia, and then all the way around New Zealand. And it's a beautiful country with lots of different landscapes. Uh, You have mountains and sandy beaches and rainforests and everything and quite a compact Mm -hmm. country. So that's probably one of my favorite places in the world to go visit.
0: Wow, it sounds beautiful, definitely. I want to go back a little bit to the crew. So how many total crew are on board this ship?
2: Uh, at the moment we have about 940 crew members on oh. board, Yeah, from 45 different nationalities or so.
0: So how how do shifts work? Because especially for you guys on the bridge, mm-hmm. I know you said it's autopilot, that you you, yeah. you put the ship into that, so it's kind of, you know, sending along. But I'm sure there's always someone on duty, so how do the shifts work?
2: So there's always uh, two officers on duty, on the bridge, 24-7 and they they are in a rotating shift pattern so they do a block of five hours and then they have a rest block and then they do a block of another three hours at a different point in the day and they kind of rotate so that there's always two on the bridge at all times Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in addition to the two officers we also have two uh, lookouts so two trained sailors that are on the bridge also 24-7 as a lookout to Look out of the window and spot anything that's important ships or whales or whatever it may be
0: but now what is the process of getting assigned to a specific ship i mean mm-hmm. how does that kind of work out can you put in a request yeah you can
2: but we generally rotate around the fleet uh, every number of years uh, a captain for example is assigned to one ship for say three or four years and then we rotate Uh, to another ship so there's always two captains assigned to each ship and we do uh, three months on three months off approximately Uh, and then every three years or so we rotate to another ship just so you keep a fresh set of eyes and uh, you do keep the consistency for those three years but every so often you get some new people and uh, helps keep everything fresh (laughs) and new so yeah i work about three months on the ship and then three months at home generally speaking uh, I actually met my wife on board the ship oh. uh, she used to work on board. So we sailed together for about 10 years. That she, was a love boat then. Yes, that was a love boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she still works for the company, but she works ashore now. Um, so we obviously see each other when I'm home for the three months. Yeah. We're
0: late nighters. So at, what was it? two, three, three yeah. o'clock in the morning. We could still hear the horns going. So what was going on?
2: Um, so last night we had an area of uh, fog. Uh, with restricted visibility Uh, and then the uh, international regulations are that every two minutes uh, you need to sound the horn for uh, a long blast which is four to six seconds so that happens every two minutes automatically there's not someone that has to push the button every two minutes (laughs) Um, and then that also means that i was up on the bridge so just like you i had a late night last night so when we are in restricted visibility we increase the manning level on the bridge uh, and we have to use our radars uh, to navigate in restricted visibility, to see other ships and other objects out there.
0: Then one last thing. Um, do you have a, another trivia thing to share? Just one little something and we can share. Just a little fun fact.
2: Yeah, I talk about the nautical mile. So, oh, so okay. I often say how many miles it is to the next port, or how many miles we are from something. Uh, and that is in nautical miles. And one nautical mile is 1.15 land miles, statute miles. Um, And it's when we're talking about speed of a ship, we're saying that in knots. So at the moment, for example, the ship is doing 20 knots and that is 20 nautical miles per hour. And the word knot comes from the 17th century when they used to measure the ship of the speed with a device, with a coil of rope and a piece of wood. They would throw the piece of wood behind the ship, let the rope pay out of the coil for a specific amount of time.
0: Are you ready to set sail on Holland America? I think the answer is yes. So check out their website at hollandamerica.com and go ahead and book that cruise. Maybe for 2023, or you can still get some cruising in here at the end of 2022 as well. But definitely check it out.